there's a character in the Wheel of Time series that does that. I was about to say I can't be I can't I wouldn't be surprised if like the dwarves and Lord of Rings like couldn't Oh yeah. yeah. You know <laughs> I think if you can totally do it it would be fun to kind of braid your eyebrow hair into your head hair and then your mustache right. into your you know mutton chops. I'm kinda disappointed, man. Yeah. I'm kinda disappointed. You know what I'm gonna do? You know how you know you know how black girls like they add extensions and stuff to their hair? I'm just gonna add extensions to my eyebrows. There you go. Eyebrow extensions. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> See, look. See, Scott, there's one already approves. One already approves. Welcome to the Stories for Nerds podcast, where avid sci-fi and fantasy readers can connect with authors who not only enjoy writing your latest adventures, but also love to discuss the storytelling relevance and inspiration behind video games, movies, television shows, and all things popular in modern epic nerd culture entertainment. And now, with another epic episode, here are your hosts for SFN. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to our latest episode of the Stories for Nerds podcast. Once again, I am Raphael M. Jordan, and I have the pleasure of being with Abby Goldsmith and Scott Parkin. What's going on, gang? Hey there. And how has our week been training us so far? Oh, yeah. What did y'all do for uh, Memorial Day? Well, I can tell you, you might notice that I'm wearing different glasses. Um, uh-huh. The reason is because my glasses fell into the lake. <laughs> oh. Because I because I fell into the lake. Um, <laughs> so. Someone had a good time, apparently. So did you get back yeah. out again? Yes, I'm, oh, I'm here, aren't I? But, um... <laughs> oh, that's true. You gave the ending away. Uh, spoilers. Yes, yes, no. yes. Yeah, I mean, I was on a, a friend with a jet ski towing me around the lake on a, on a raft. Mm-hmm. And it was really choppy. It was right before a thunderstorm, so there was like huge waves, and we were going like thirty miles per hour. Yeah, oh, and um, so I was holding on to for dear life, and like my my arms are still sore from holding on with a death grip for like, oh, yeah. you know, several hours. And you know, it just hit a really big wave, and I apparently somersaulted like over someone's head and like fell into the lake. Oh my and, god! Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Well, my glasses well, sank right in front of me, and I saw it happen. And I was like, wow. no! It was very well, sad. If, if your only sense of injury is your forearms hurt, then that's good, because, you know, <laughs> somersaulting and face planting into water at 30 miles an hour is generally not a pleasant experience. Yeah. No, no. Well, yeah. I was wearing a life vest, so, I mean, I don't think I would have drowned. Well, um, yeah, but still. It's a question of drowning. Water, water's hard face. when you hit it at 30 miles an hour, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I mean... I think I did hit it face first, but I think I, I must have floated oh, right geez. side up pretty quickly. <laughs> God. Well, all things considered, um, glad to have you back on the show with us in the land of the living. Abby. Thanks. Thank you. Holy crap. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, I was afraid you got hit in the face with a volleyball or something. It was, uh, but yeah, no, right. your, your story's much more interesting than mine would have been. Uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna tell y'all what I did for Memorial Day. I was like, oh, okay, there's some ribs and stuff, and that was about it. I don't want to hear anything about that. Oh my goodness! But moving on to our regular discussions of how are we been doing with our current projects, Abby? Have you done any updates with your your series? Uh, yeah, well, I'd say book one is 75% uploaded and done Okay. Um, on, on Wattpad, and, <clears throat> and I'm still getting great comments from readers there, so I'm really enjoying the feedback. 
Good stuff. Yeah, and um, I'm slowly making progress on book six. Slow down a little bit because of uh, personal life stuff going on, but sure. it'll be happening again pretty soon. Okay. So. All right. Any updates with you, Mr. Parkin? You know, I've been doing some research uh, just generally and uh, was able to do some uh, reorganization of my writing group. Uh, one of our members uh, uh, had to leave, so we were able to replace that person with a, a up-and-coming novelist, uh, writes young adult uh, fantasy and science fiction. So that's kind of fun. Nice. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. All right. Okay. And then as far as me, I'll, you know what? I'm, bit, I'm I'm kind of proud of myself, gang. I, I was really productive. I finished uh, that third outline. Uh, well, I th- finished the outline to the third segment in that new series. And then uh, since I finished that, I think I'm kind of... Uh, I'm a decent ways ahead to kind of like finally get into uh, manuscript mode, where the real fun begins. And really? then... Uh, yeah, I know. I know, I know, I know. I can't wait. But um, I also uh, went and uh, started doing some revisions on another series that i um, been working on this side as well. So, um, so yeah, I'm actually working on two series. One is another sci-fi epic, and then I'm starting works on my, uh, on my first urban fantasy. Wow, cool. congratulations. I mean, so you're, yeah. you're outlining or brainstorming both at the same time? Um, no, I like I'm at a comfortable spot with uh, the sci-fi series with the three outlines, and so I'm just kind of letting that simmer for a while, and then I'm uh, I actually started work on the urban fantasy, um, actually a couple of years ago back, but I wanted to finish uh, the Proja series before I really got into it. So now that I have both of these things like at a good spot, um, I'm going back, and I've already. And this one's a lot further along uh, than the sci-fi series because it's already the first book is already it's already in its first draft and stuff. It's at uh, it's almost at fifty thousand words, and that's what I'm going to be doing. But like with uh, the uh, with the rest of my upcoming books, they're not going to be quite as large as the prosa books. Though I'm shooting for around the fifty to sixty thousand words, and so so we're 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 doing good. We're we're making good. Uh, Making good pace and stuff. So nice. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So hopefully, um, what my goal is, I I want to have, I want to publish two books each year. One from the, one from the urban fantasy, and then the other one from the sci-fi. So I'm thinking one could come out maybe in the spring, summer, and then the other one could come out in the fall, winter. So. If awesome. you can maintain that, it's a good strategy, right? Because you can keep uh, two separate readerships uh, engaged all the time. That's a good, Absolutely. good strategy. Yep, yep, yep. Through that, through that. All right. And actually, uh, going on with current nerdy interests, uh, something, something, something horrible happened today. It's because, well, actually, it was yesterday. Yesterday, well, by the time y'all recorded, this had happened last week. But um, House of Cards showed up on Netflix. I know it's not sci-fi or fantasy related, but there's such good storytelling in there. And there's so many good, there's just so many good plot elements and character development that I'm like, really like making mental notes of like, you know what? I, that'd be a fun character. That'd be a fun personality to kind of like delve into. So 
Uh, before we started recording, I was trying to, to to get through the first episode as soon as I could. And so once we're done, I'm going to go straight back to that because I'm probably going to binge watch that and finish it Season five. before Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, so good. So, so good. Have, uh, have any of y'all watched it? No. No, not at all. Oh. I've watched the first oh, three man. seasons, but haven't watched season four or five yet. I did watch the original British series, which was interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, the way I was describing that to one of my coworkers is pretty much House of Cards was the show that said streaming services could make their own TV shows and it'd be okay. Like uh, Netflix had a couple of other shows before House of Cards that were exclusive on, on, on their streaming services, but it was... It was that show in particular that really kind of got everyone's attention. And now that's why uh, streaming services like Hulu and Amazon have their own exclusive shows. It's because of the success of House of Cards. Well, and House of Cards also did the thing where they released an entire season all at once. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Rather than trying to, to emulate the, the TV broadcast model of one a week for, for the series. So I like that. I, I don't mind waiting half a year and then getting it all at once. I don't. I don't at all. I don't at all. And with the way that there's such good uh, storytelling on television right now, it almost benefits to just be like, okay, you know what? I, I can't sit down and watch this these shows like on the regular, I guess, their standard time when they're broadcast on TV. It, it, it usually just benefits me to just wait till it comes up on Netflix or wherever and then just binge watch it then. So the same way. Oh, me too. I, I haven't gotten cable TV in a very long time. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's uh, I, I I'm giving like maybe another decade or two, if even that. But I I think that will be going the way of the dinosaurs pretty soon. Yeah. As soon as oh. the content providers get off the the traditional advertiser model, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I can buy a, I'm happy to buy access to a series or to a service online as long as i get to control when i watch things etc 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 right i love live sports but give me a live Mm -hmm. sports feed that i can pay x dollars a year for Mm -hmm. don't force me to watch your network right agreed 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 but we're gonna move right on into our latest nerd news we always like to keep you up to date with the best uh book recommendations and sci-fi fantasy along with latest news and film gaming tv anime what have you so uh we're gonna start with uh one recommendation it's from the star side saga it's the third book in the series actually and it's called mind of mercusine sky is that right works for me mercusine yeah yeah sounds good enough right but actually that is from our next featured storyteller eric kent enstrom uh he's actually going to be on the next episode with us and he's going to be talking about not only this book and this series but um just his uh, creative writing process and how he likes to connect with uh, sci-fi and fantasy readers. So we're definitely looking forward to having him, but uh, just a little information in regards to what you will, what you'll be listening to in our next episode is going to be about this series. And the premise of it is the thief becomes the hero in this sensational third volume of the star side saga. Akila Sai has awakened to the, Mercuzine, a magical power she does not understand and cannot control. In the wake of ashing hundreds of thinnies to save Nax, many fears she may dim kiss the one prophesied to bring ruin to mankind. So, granted, I get it. 
This is book number three in the series. So a lot of y'all are probably wondering, what the hell is he talking about? But <laughs> but we are most certain that uh, Eric, and when he comes on the on the show with us next time, that he will go into good detail about what the premise of the story is, who these characters are, and why you would definitely want to pick up this series. All right, so again, this is the Star Side Saga book three, and that is available exclusively on Amazon right now. And we'll mostly have uh, some more information about that on the website along with uh, Eric next in the next couple of days. All right. And then the other book that we have recommended uh, recommended for you is going to be from New York Times bestseller Douglas E. Richards. It's called Split Second. Uh, it's another exciting looking uh, a story that involving time traveling. And so the question of this is, is what if you found a way to send something back in time, but not weeks, days, or even minutes back? What if you could only send something back a fraction of a second? Would this be of any use? You wouldn't have nearly enough time to write a wrong, change an event, or win a lottery. Nathan Wexler is a brilliant physicist who thinks he's found a way to send matter a split second back into the past. But there, but before he can even confirm his findings, he and his wife-to-be, Jenna Morrison, find themselves in a battle for their very lives. Because while time travel to an instant earlier seems useless, Jenna comes to learn that no capability in history has ever been more profound or far-reaching. That sounds interesting. That sounds like very, it. very interesting. So yeah, I read the principle and I was like, oh, you know what? That's a and you know what? that's a very interesting take because when you hear about time travel, it's always involving going back usually months or years in the past or into the future. So the fact that someone kind of thought of like, well, wait a minute, what would happen if you just altered something and just a split second or something like that. I think that is going to be a very interesting premise. I'm wondering if they're going to kind of dabble in maybe uh, what will happen with the butterfly effect or something like that. So again, that is split second from Douglas E. Richards. And again, that is, oh, well, we got nothing but uh, Amazon exclusive for y'all this time. But again, we'll have that in the, we'll have a link to that in the show notes for you. And moving on to our next bit of nerdy news. By the time y'all get this broadcast, Wonder Woman would have been out for a week. And so we're, yes, 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 I know, right, Scott? (laughs) But uh, we're just talking about what the initial reviews of it is. And, of course, by the time y'all get to this, we're most certain that you have, like, conjured up your own opinions about it. But on the plus side, we might able to breathe a little bit like have a nice little sigh of relief because so far the initial reviews have been very very positive so it seems like dc might have finally gotten a winner and so um usa along with uh, usa today along with other uh review sources have uh, given it great reviews uh usa today even said it's the best movie Marvel Rival DC Comics has put out in its own cinematic universe. And unlike the recent parade of bleak superhero tales from both studios, it makes you feel good while you watch it. So, mm, shots fired. Excellent. But, yes, yes, yes. successful bid to make the DC Comics movies a little less lame, says the Chicago Tribune. Ouch. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. Isn't that the truth? So, I'm still going to go in and uh, kind of 
just a little neutral minded. I uh, don't want to get too excited or anything. I just want to go in and like, hey, okay, it is what it is. But we said this so many times before. We really, really, really hope that this that this is a good one. Um, it, it it needs to be a good one. <laughs> Yeah, or, or DC should just get out of the movie mm-hmm. uh, movie business. Yeah, they might just uh, st- want to stick with the cartoons and video games because hey, their cartoons and video games are awesome. the The Arkham Knight and the Lace and Justice game, great reviews, great reviews. And then their their uh, animated movies have always been solid. They've been fantastic. So, so hopefully this they uh, if this one does any good, uh, the the studio might kind of realize, hey, this is the direction that we should be going to first. All right. So before we get on to our latest discussion, I want to give you guys a reminder to be sure to check out our social media outlets, including Twitter and our Facebook group, where we're constantly posting the latest sci-fi and fantasy news, whether it's uh, book recommendations, uh, gaming news, television shows, movies, anime we got it all up there and also be sure to sign up on the source for nerds website for free where you can get exclusive deals and be the first to know when our episodes are live you can also support us on patreon where you get access to slightly fancier prizes than the ones offered in the free mailing list all right so now we got all that way out of the way we are moving into this latest discussion and we're actually going to be continuing our summer blockbuster uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we got into that discussion. What was that? Early May, right? Something like that. But um, since there are so many films coming out, uh, we were only able to cover uh, the months of May and June. And now since May is over with, that gives us a little more breathing room to cover the rest of the movies coming out. So we're going to finish our coverage of the months of July and August releases. So moving right on, along with that note, we are going to start right at the first week of July, which will be on July 7th. That's the Friday with uh, Spider-Man Homecoming coming out. And so, uh, yeah, Spider-Man, uh, well, Marvel's, ma- ma- the, uh, the Marvel uh, Marvel Cinema Universe, they finally got their shot at uh, Spider-Man for the first time after Sony decided to play a little nice. <laughs> and uh, they uh, Marvel uh, introduced us to their version of Spider-Man through uh, Tom Holland, and he was introduced for the first time uh, with uh, Captain America's Civil War. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people are... People, the initial... Initial thoughts about this Spider-Man were generally positive. People really like the Tom Holland uh, Marvel version of him, and so now he's finally getting to test his... Uh, Test out his own uh, his own wings, if you will, with, with the homecoming film. So um, I'm I'm generally looking forward to it. Um, wait, wait, what do you think, Scott? I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, I really like the the new version of Spider Man that they introduced in Civil War. Uh, I thought he's more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a lot younger. They're playing him a lot younger, uh, and I mm-hmm. kind of like that. So. We'll see how it works out. Uh, see if he's got the got the ability to carry an entire film by himself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Miss Abby. Yeah, I'm burned out. I mean, I I really liked the. I'm one of the few that liked the Tobey Maguire ones. Um, actually, I mean, no, you're you're not one of the few. There's a there's actually a pretty solid 
base of people who really really like that one. So no, don't 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 feel like you're you're one of the all ones out. For, for, for in my person. bubble, in my <laughs> bubble of acquaintances, oh, okay. I'm gotcha. I'm the one that like those. But um, yeah, like I I I feel like you know I, I wish they they would have kept going with that instead of remaking from scratch. And I'm yeah I'm not having trouble feeling Spider Man these days. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't like again I don't think you're you're an odd one saying that maybe in, in your group, but there's definitely like a lot of people who have kind of had a uh, sense of Spider-Man fatigue, so to speak, because of all these different revisions that they had, they had the Tobey Maguire and then they had the Andrew Garfield and now they have the Tom Holland. So a lot of people are like, Oh, good grief. How, how many times are you going to have to pretty much start this all over again? But, um, the good thing is, um, it doesn't seem like they're doing the whole origin story with this one. Like they had to do with all the other ones. Like pretty much they understand Marvel understands like, Hey, okay. Y'all have had two movies and a couple of video games, a couple of television shows. And I mean, every, you, you get it. You got the premise. He, he gets bitten by a radioactive spider. His uncle dies. Great power comes with great responsibility. Here we go. So, good thing is we're kind of getting by all that. We're getting past all that, so we're just going to go straight into it. And so, I'm hoping that that will 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 help them um, the movie become a little more kind of hit the hit the ground running, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, again, that one is Spider Man Homecoming, uh, July seventh, and oh, and yeah, and by the way, Scott, you mentioned uh, the fact that um, Tom Holland is uh, playing a younger version of Spider Man. I'm thinking that that might have been due to the success of Ultimate Spider Man and uh, the comics, and that was like uh, a couple of years ago. Like, uh, I want to say the Ultimate Verse ended. Uh, I want to say about three years ago, but in that universe. Uh, Peter Parker was still a high school kid, like, yeah. and not he was he wasn't like a senior who was about to graduate from high school. He was like maybe a sophomore or something like that. So in that universe, Spider Man was still a, a very very young kid, and so was uh, Mary Jane Parker. I'm not even well, not Mary Jane Parker. She wasn't Parker yet at the time. Whoops. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm not even too sure if Mary Jane's even going to be in this film. Truth be told, I mean I want I try to. I don't want to like get too much information on these films. Sometimes I like to go in kind of a little, uh, a little blind, so to speak. So I don't want to have everything handed off to me. So, but if I'm not mistaken, um, yeah, I don't think Mary Jane's in there. Oh, but another uh, cool thing about this film is uh, is the vulture uh, being portrayed by the great Michael Keaton. And he's actually going to be a villain. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that take. Uh, what, what do you think of Scott? Oh yeah. No, I, Michael Keaton has shown the ability to do a really interesting villain. So depending on mm-hmm. how much they let him go with it, that'll be, uh, I, I like the cast a lot. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Marissa Torme, uh, uh, of course, you know, cameos by robert downey jr and and mm-hmm. and then uh, i like uh, tom holland so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it i i don't know if i'll see it in in first run but i will definitely see it in the theater right 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 absolutely absolutely okay and then we're going to move on into the following week which will be july 14th and with that comes war of the planet of the apes okay so scott's shaking his head abby what about you Oh, you're shaking your head too. Okay, y'all, 
this is my thing. This is me. This is all me. All I have to do is say this. Hail Caesar. I love these films. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> these films are so freaking good. Oh, my God. Uh, so, what? What's up? So, so, is this... I admit to being completely uneducated about the new Planet of the Apes. Because I know mm-hmm. there was a remake here like 10 years ago that had... Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, Mark Wahlberg? Were, was it? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I didn't care for it. Right, it had uh, what's his nugget, the big, huge guy who was in uh, um, Duncan, Duncan, yeah, Duncan. What's yeah. his first name? Michael uh, Clark, Michael Duncan? Clark Duncan. Yeah, um, and, and you know I love Michael Clark Dun- Duncan. Uh, you know, rest in peace. But uh-huh. he, the movie just didn't catch me at all. It was a little overproduced, a little too self serious. Yes, and and so I never gave this reboot a chance. Mm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, understandable, understandable. I agree with you. Like, uh, I was kind of, I was really excited for that one that came out ten years ago because, yeah. of course, I mean, well, sorry to show my age again, but <laughs> but but I grew up uh, all those classic uh, Planet of the Apes were already out and stuff. I remember watching those. I'm sorry, Scott. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm only shaking my my head because I saw the original release of uh, War for the Planet of the Apes in the theater. Yeah. So nah. you can just. Well, I, I I'm also too young to see those really old ones, but um, mm-hmm. they're kind of. No, I, I did. Yeah, yeah, I, I did <laughs> see the the one with with Caesar, the one the first one of those, um, mm-hmm. with, and that was pretty good actually. I thought it was well done, um. But I didn't like. I thought that kind of ended there. Like I didn't see how where they could go from there. So I I didn't see what happened after that. Oh, um, I was kind of thinking the same thing. And then when I saw the second film, they they showed that they definitely had an idea of this being a series. It wasn't like them going on. I was like, hey, well, the, the this the first one did good. Let's uh, and it got money. Let's go ahead and try to find a way to make another one. No, they. They definitely have a direction with this. They, they definitely had the concept of the series. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Okay. And, cool. Yeah. So I I saw the second one. The second one was great. Uh, it really carried on to like the underlying themes and and uh, the tone from the previous film. And they they're just it, it it's just they're leading to that that tragic inevitability, pretty much. And I think this is what. War of the Planet of the Apes is about. So, so I'll let y'all know what I think about it. I guess I'm going to see it by myself. <laughs> Maybe I'll see the second one and just see, check it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been out for a good couple of years. So, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely see the second one. And if, if you think it's worthwhile, I definitely, definitely recommend uh, checking out this one as well. Okay. And then the uh, following week, which will be July 21st, we have. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Oh my goodness, July, July, July. The one and only original title of the mix, right? Well, Modern actually, mix. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Inspired by, I think it's uh, based off of a French comic, if I recall correctly. But yeah, uh, y'all know that we've been talking about this movie ever since like we saw like the first trailer of it so uh scott yeah no, it's been it's been getting amazing hype so this one's going to be hard to live up to its own hype that we'll have to see I know, how that right? works out 
because because yeah. I've been hearing about it as as one of the year's best since back in January. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You know, I agree I'm, with Scott. Like I, I don't trust Hollywood at this point to yeah. do anything original. Mm-hmm. I think that that they're like terrified to take a risk on anything. So yep. I mean, if this is actually an original title, it's probably just a a mishmash of some old crap thrown together. I, I don't trust them. Well, again, this isn't uh, anything of a mismatch or anything like that because it's actually based off of a yeah. off of a book. So it's not like they're we're like, hey, let's throw this or let's throw that. They do actually have a reference to actually go off of. That's no, cool. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just worried that they've hyped it so much that it'll be hard to live Agreed. It to its own to its own feeling, right? Yeah, especially when you, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I can say what could have been a solid movie has been hyped and might end up disappointing because it wasn't a fabulous movie. I don't know. That's the thing I'm afraid of, though. Yeah. Well, that would be amazing mm-hmm. if it did live up to its hype. If it did, that'd be great because it's visual. Oh, yeah. Right. The, the the trailers we've been seeing oh, all yeah. this time are gorgeous. Um, my eyes. Oh, God, my eyes. I might watch it just for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an artistic statement, right? Like uh, Sin City, which was not a particularly interesting story, but was a great visual feast. Um, or Avatar, for that matter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I come from like an art background, and right. I, I come from like the visual effects field. So that's like I, I will go to uh-huh. see movies just to watch the visual effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Avatar, yeah. speaking oh, okay. of which, right? A story that most of us found you know, science fiction for beginners, but the, but the effects mm-hmm. and the way they animated the, the blue people was so cool. It was wonderful. I saw it on an IMAX yeah, and yeah, I was, my, my eyes were. Likewise. Yeah. 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 <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely stunning. No argument about that. But when it came to the premise and the story, I mean, come on, come on y'all. Yep. And there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Science fiction <laughs> for beginners. It was, it was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Safe steps, safe, safe steps. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, we're gonna move on to July twenty eighth. Didn't really have any uh, any big sci fi or fantasy films coming out the following week, but given this demographic, I think you might want to consider Atomic Bomb. Uh, the, oh, sorry, the Atomic Blonde, <laughs> not the Atomic Bomb. Oh my God, tragic. <laughs> Let's hope that wasn't pressed. No, right? <laughs> yeah, but the Atomic Blonde starring yeah, Charlie Stern. Charlie Stern. Yes, thank you. Oh my God, Miss Stern, I am so sorry. How in the world did I forget that name? <laughs> and that long, I mean, and that's one of the reasons why that kind of like made my eyebrows grow up because, I mean, well, yeah, she's fine and everything, but I think she's a fantastic actress too. Oh my goodness. Did y'all ever see Monster going a little off subject? No, I never saw that. Well, Monster is pretty much the movie that did it for me. Like that really, really showed her acting, her acting chops. And I was like, you know what? Give her a script with anything. It can even be a bad script, but if you give it to her, she'll make it work somehow. And... Well, on the cast again, I, I love the cast: James McAvoy, Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. uh, John Goodman. Uh, John Goodman. I didn't even know he was in here until like yeah. I was reading the premise of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I like the cast. So if they, you know, if these guys like it enough to do the movie, that gives me some some hope for the for the for the taste and quality. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, there's not too much noise about it now. Granted, I mean, we're still in May, and then you have to get through June, and there's a, like a lot of other big films coming out between now and then. But we might start hearing a little more about when it gets closer to that release date. But uh, for those who aren't familiar with what Atomic Blonde is about, it's uh, the crown jewel of Her Majesty's 
secret agent, uh, uh, secret intelligence service, a.k.a. MI6, Agent Lorraine Broughton, played by Thurn, is equal parts spycraft, sensuality, and savagery, willing to deploy any of her skills to stay alive on her impossible mission. Since alone into Berlin to deliver a priceless dossier out of the destabilized city, she partners with embedded station chief David Percival, right? Like horrible last names, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's uh and then that's being uh portrayed by uh James uh to navigate her way through the deadliest game of spies. So uh, it sounds like and these are my type of films. I'm I'm all about spy crime thrillers and stuff too. And hell, I mean that's pretty much what uh Winter Soldier was, and that's probably why it's one of my favorite <laughs> that's probably why it's one of my favorite Marvel uh universe films. But yeah, I, I, I think this would might might be a fun film to check out if there's nothing else going on that weekend. And now we are into the month of August. And you know what? Nothing is going on in August uh, for sci-fi and fantasy for the duration beyond the first week, and uh, which uh, will have The Dark Tower, which comes out on August 4th. Now, uh, Abby, you've read the book, so you probably have a little more... Uh, knowledge about what the premise of this is right yes it's i'm gonna be interested to see it because like many stephen king properties it's gonna be very very hard to adapt to film right so you know usually people do a terrible job every once in a while they they have a hit um with stephen king Mm -hmm. and that that series in particular it looks like they're they've done a few things to try to make it work which one is um they've combined i think books one two and three maybe well, yeah, and actually, I'm not, I'm not even too sure now because, like, when I was reading the premise of it, it sounds like it's just based off of the first book. Well, it can't really be. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not I, on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first book he wrote it when he was on an LSD trip for like a week. Oh dear. And, yeah, and it, it reads like that. It's it's very like trippy. Um, oh. Yeah, and so. I mean, you know, it has nice prose, but there's really not much story there. So it's book two is where the ball really gets rolling. Okay. So um, I think they're going to combine elements of one and two. All right. It looks like. But um, also they've, they've decided to say it's a sequel to the series as in, yeah, like because, <laughs> because. <Okay>. um. <laughs> all right. I don't know if that's how sequels work, but all right. It's it's They're going to make it work because. The Dark Tower is like a, a nexus to all possible worlds and all possible futures and pasts and all that. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, this could be a reboot of the of the book series. Okay. Well, and, yeah. and it is one of these more interesting books. I mean, I, I agree with you. The first book was really... It did not recommend the second book, let me put it that way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's an interesting premise, and it looks like they've gone... You know, again, looking at the cast, uh, Idris Elba, uh, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey. You, you've got some interesting character uh, character actors there who can do some really interesting things if given given some room for it. So, right, I'm hoping, but not entirely <laughs> sure that this is going to work out. Yeah, they, um, they really need the right director because, yeah. like, I think you have to get the vibe across, but mm-hmm. probably yeah. chop a lot of the story and yeah, you can't mix it too... up. Yeah too close to the source material you got to let it be a a 
a retell or a reimagination rather than a, a and you have to recognize that this is a different medium a different yeah. form of storytelling so some of the elements that might have been able to get uh around and interpreted on paper or in a novel may not work quite as well on film well, yes. and that's the thing is there's yeah. been such an uneven record with adapting Stephen King's stuff, right? I mean, some excellent uh-huh. films like The Green Mile or uh, The Shawshank Redemption, some uh, hit or missers like uh, either of the of the. Uh... Oh no, I've lost it. Well, there's been. I mean, like you can say <laughs> The Shining. Um, Cujo. Cujo, you know, like right? I like right. The Shining. It, I love Shawshank. Oh, right. I think it's one of the best movies ever done. Uh, certainly yeah. Stephen King. Well, he mm-hmm. said Shining, uh, not Shawshank. Yeah, The Shining. Oh, yeah. oh The Shining, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Was, um, which was good, but ugh, hard to Yeah, know. like, I agree. Like, like, And they remade The Shining to make it more true to the book, if you saw that one. But it was really yeah. pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah, and it was like they didn't even try. It was pretty bad. So... Yeah, I mean, anyway, I think that, like, Stephen King, he tends to really, like, he does a lot of stream of, almost, like, stream of consciousness writing. Like, he, mm. his style doesn't lend itself to film. Mm. So, well, it's interesting. Yeah. That's what yeah, what's that's what's interesting is that his best adaptations have been from novella-length works. So, for right. example, The Running Man was a Stephen King story, one of the Bachman books. And it mm-hmm. worked just fine because they let it be what it was. They let the actors, you know, they let Arnold be silly and still got the, the core into it and just let it be a silly action flick that, by the way, Richard Dawson single-handedly saved. Um, <clears throat> you know, same thing with uh, Rita, uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. It was based on a, about a 110-page novella, not a novel. So that's what's going to be really intriguing. Now, having said that, The Green Mile, of course, is based on that seven-book series and... No, no, that that well. was like almost novella length because those were little itty bitty well, books. They were short books, yeah. So right. The whole thing was about one regular novel, mm-hmm. but it worked out because it was written in that episodic fashion that really translates nicely to to, to the screen. So yeah, well, you I, know, personally, I, I think they could have made a good adaptation of The Shining and things like that. It's just um, there, since it's like a, something like The Shining is a lot of internal angst. Mm-hmm. Like, like half that book is like an alcoholic coming to grips with like being accidentally abusive to his son. Mm-hmm. Um, that's doesn't that doesn't translate well to film. <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he does. He it's hard, it's hard to kind of uh, emphasize <laughs> when you're <laughs> being when you're not uh, because when you're on screen, you're not in the perspective of right. Yeah, you're not in the mind of... Uh, it's of that the deep interior person. penetration that's exactly. so hard to do in film and so easy to do in a novel. Right. It is. It is. Yeah, it's like, like I always think like Gerald's game. He made he made it like a full-length novel about a woman handcuffed to a bed and yeah. what's going through her mind as she's like slowly thirsting and starving to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can't put that on film. Nope. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, it is, unless you get the ludicrous Dune uh, voiceover, right? It's, it's... <laughs> 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 oh, no, 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 I don't think that was the story. <laughs> Fear is the mind killer. 
but yeah, that uh, that covers pretty much all the summer blockbuster films. Actually, um, I was really, really, really wanted to get into. Uh, I really wanted to skip a couple of months. I'm like, wait, when does Thor come out? But oh my goodness, Thor doesn't come out until November. So, yeah. well, we'll just wait till that comes out. Well, that's kind of the, like, the award seasons, right? Is that they do the summer blockbusters to make money. They try to get the special effects and other things by releasing in November, December. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Stories from Nerds podcast. As always, uh, be sure to like us on uh whatever source material you're listening to these podcasts on whether it's on stitcher or give us some stars on youtube and also be sure to check us out on google play because we're on google play as well and we are always posting up these episodes on our websites if if, on a website if push comes to show as well so again that's going to do it for this episode my name is rafael m jordan y'all keep thinking it big on collective level and this is scott and abby signing off Scott, do you uh, you got any any you know, words of wisdom this a, round? A blast from our past, from uh, from the immortal Buckaroo Bonsai. Remember, no matter where you go, there you are. You know what? That hits me where I live, man. That's deep. <laughs>